Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on Legal Talk Network. Today's episode is about you. As you know, we sometimes talk about marketing or sales or physical plant or hiring and firing or financials. But once in a while, we come back around and talk about you. Really, quite honestly, this is a really good time to be talking about you. Um, it's been a theme of the show that since its inception for the past seven plus years uh, that the legal landscape is changing, and it has been, and it will continue to. But now with the uh, national economic shutdown in response to COVID and, uh, and, and the changes that are occurring in the legal industry, and then the coming recovery and what that's going to look like, the change is accelerating really to light speed. And, and, and then it's changing again. And I think it's just a really important time to come back and focus on you because you have the power to direct your law firm through these turbulent waters or be swept away with the current. So our title today is Fixed versus Growth Mindset and the Effect of Leading Your Team to Growth. And my guest is perfect for this topic is Michael Mogill. Michael is founder and CEO of Crisp Video Group. He's helped attorneys from solo and small firms to even large practices differentiate themselves from competitors and earn millions in uh, new revenue. He's been named, or his company's been named to the Inc. 500 list of America's fastest growing companies and been awarded a best places to work. Michael is everywhere. <laughs> He's a sought after speaker. I see him on stages all over the country at national conferences, et cetera. And uh, he's always talking about innovative ways to really create exponential growth for law firm businesses. He's been featured in Forbes, on Avvo, in ABA Journal, on The Trial Lawyer, Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, and many, many more places. So really excited to have Michael um, on the program. Of course, I am your host, Christopher Anderson, and I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers achieve success with their law firm businesses. In the unbillable hour each month, we explore an area to important to help you be a more profitable lawyer by growing your revenues, getting back more of your time, and getting more professional satisfaction from your business. This show is dedicated to bring you guests each month to help you learn more about how to make your law firm business work for you instead of the other way around. And before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Alert Communications, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Thank you to each for giving us the opportunity to spend this time together. Alert Communications, if any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7-365, just call 866-827-5568. Scorpion is the leading provider of marketing solutions for the legal industry. With nearly 20 years of experience serving attorneys, Scorpion can help grow your practice. Learn more at scorpionlegal.com. Law Clerk, where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. All right, today's episode again is Fixed versus Growth Mindset and the Effect of Leading Your Team to Growth. And my guest is Michael Mogill. He's the founder and CEO of Crisp Video Group. Michael, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Thank you for having me. 
It's absolutely my pleasure. So uh, in, in our tradition, my introduction was relatively brief. So I'd like to just before we get started with the topic, which I'm excited to get into, just ask you a little bit about uh, your company and, and really what brought you, you know, because you're the CEO of Crisp Video Group, that doesn't necessarily say, oh, this guy is a guy who should be talking about growth and mindset. So what leads you to like to talk about this topic and how does that, how does your business inform this topic for you? Yeah. So, so this is one of those things where it, it, it's almost like a personal evolution that, that I even experienced with our business. I mean, when we started the company, I'm someone who started with $500 to my name, you know, bootstrap company, you never had any, no loans, no investors. This is back in 2012. And during that time, kind of going through that journey of everything that, that, that was necessary to build the business, to grow you know, the team from hiring our first team member now up to you know, over 70 from our first client to you know, as that expanded year over year, all those different challenges, I used to believe that one, you know, if you had a good product, that would be enough. Yeah. That, was, that was the first thought. And then you know, we did very early on, but yet I saw several other organizations out there that, that also had good products and consumers really weren't able to either differentiate or if you weren't visible or you were the best kept secret, it was very difficult to hire you. So we kind of went from the, from the content side to the marketing aspect to include that because at the time also, you know, a lot of this came out of, you know, we were working with law firms and we produced these great videos, but then when it came to actually getting them up on their website, making sure that the, those videos got in front of their ideal clients, right. many firms just didn't really know how to implement them and, and how to leverage them. So we figured, okay, well, this is, this is a huge pain point. Why don't we just become really good at this and then start, start offering this as a service? And then the next natural kind of ex expansion of that was that, you know, you get really great at marketing and placing content, but you find that marketing is, is you know, something that I clearly we believe is very important, but great marketing doesn't make up for, for a bad business. And meaning yeah. that if the business isn't, isn't efficient, if the intake isn't being done properly, if the people within the organization aren't aligned, there's cultural issues, you know, if there aren't processes and systems, all these different things are going to impact the, the ROI and the return on investment of any marketing that you do. So, you know, the, I think through that evolution, I saw it with our own business. And as we were growing, so we doubled year over year, like 200% growth year over year, eight years in a row. Over the last three, I think we grew by a little over, you know, a thousand percent. And, you know, people say that and they're, you know, I guess sometimes on the outside looking in, people are like, wow, that's amazing. But I can tell you firsthand as someone who was inside during that whole time, <laughs> that's a, that's a crazy period of time. Like that yeah. is a thousand percent growth in, in three years as an example. Uh, when you, when you look at that from the inside, you, you grow 10 times. So everything from expanding as a team to having to leverage new technology and put in new systems and processes and also expanding clients, like all these things happening at the exact same time is pretty chaotic at times. You know, if, if you don't have a good plan for approaching this and at the time, you know, we're learning as, as this was happening that I realized, okay, one, I love this. You know, I, I, you know, I have this deep seated passion for just you know, obviously growing the, a business. But then I also saw through this experience, looking back, I wish that I had known a lot of the things that I had to learn very slowly, very painfully. I wish that I had had some guidance on that very early on because right. I learned in the slowest way possible, which is just through, <laughs> through sheer experience and failure. The interesting thing is in speaking with a number of just you know, business owners and law firm owners, it's amazing where if you don't really understand the cause and effect behind things as, as a business leader, in terms of you know, if you don't really you know, know how to hire great people and how to vet them, if you don't really understand the dynamics between what leads to accountability versus what does not, how to basically do things efficiently, how to have great systems and processes. If you don't know those things, you can have a very stressful and, and quite miserable existence. It's just not enjoyable. But once you, you see the matrix in a way, 
So like once you've learned these things, it actually gets, you know, it's quite fun to be honest. Well, what's wrong? What's wrong with all these law firm owners? Like, why didn't they take this law firm growth uh, in, in law school like they should have? Yeah, no kidding, right? Well, you know, perhaps you know, I wrote kind of a whole book about this in the sense that, you know, the view of the, the, the noble profession versus the business, and sometimes the business aspect is demonized. But I've always believed that there's nothing wrong with providing a great service, taking care of your team, your family, your clients, your community, all those different things. And quite frankly, they're also good business decisions. Like providing right. a great client experience is a good business decision. So, Absolutely. So I guess just it, you know, looking back at all of this, all of this probably stems to an extent of wanting to help others avoid suffering just because it, you know, when you've gone through it, you see, oh, wow. Like, like I'll give you an example. You know, in, in 2013 or 14, so I was gritting it out for a really long period of time. And I think grit will take you to a certain point. Like right. you'll, you'll grow. But at the same time, it's very difficult to scale it well beyond that because you can only work so hard. I That's mean, right. Yeah, you can't 10x your business on grit, right? Because you, you know, most entrepreneurs, even at the early stages are working 50, 60, 80 hour weeks. You can't 10 X that. Yes. So, but I didn't know any of this. So I, I didn't at the time you look at, let's say 2013, 2014 or so. So I didn't realize, I didn't really know why I was so frustrated. And then this amazing human came along into my life was my wife. And she herself, she, she had a consulting background. I asked her to step into the business for 30 days just to put in some systems and processes. And, you know, in 30 days is now stretched to you know, over seven <laughs> years. So, it, you know, obviously we're still together, but she was, for those that, uh, that follow EOS or Traction or have read the book Rocket Fuel, she right. was the integrator that I right. never knew that I needed. And that person essentially having her freed me up to do the things that I was very good at. And it also, I mean, we revamped everything. She was the person that laid the foundation for the systems and processes. She, you know, everything from a you know, cultural shift, all those different things that with her help, that's what I believe was really the catalyst to a lot of that growth. But I didn't know at the time what I didn't know. So right. now knowing it, and when you, when you work with so many law firms, I mean, at this point, we, we work with nearly a thousand of them. And you see the ones that are like the fastest growing, the most successful, the most like engaged and the happiest versus the ones that are just miserable and plateauing. And, and you can very clearly see certain trends and identify those things. And if, if they're making different decisions, there's nothing really that's preventing one law from seeing the same success as another law firm, regardless of market area, practice area, all those different things. They're just making different choices. Well, and those choices come from somewhere. So like that, 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 and that's where I wanted to go with this next is one of the, I mean, we call sort of the source of these choices an individual's mindset, right? Because the mindset enables or empowers certain decision-making and, and diminishes or, or reduces the capability for other decision-making, um, either good decisions, bad decisions, or at least decisions that are aligned. One of the things I wanted to ask you about that you talk about, because you're talking about growth, right? You're talking about 1,000% growth. You also talk about fixed versus growth mindset. And I'm sure that you would agree that probably a growth mindset is the mindset from which decision-making that enables that growth comes from. But can you just, just for the listeners, let's start with like, what is the difference? What, what, it, what is it like to have fixed mindset or, or growth mindset? How do you know, how does one know which mindset they tend to occupy? Yeah. So this is, this is interesting. I, the, so the idea of fixed mindset or growth mindset, this originally originated from a, a researcher at, at Stanford University by, by the name of Carol Dweck. So she actually wrote a book by the name of Mindset. And essentially the idea is that you know, if you've got a fixed mindset, you believe that, that essentially you are the way you are, your, your intelligence, talents, capabilities, all those things are fixed and you, you have to play the hand that you're dealt. 
versus somebody with a growth mindset that believes that those skills and talents can be developed, that you can develop new capabilities, that intelligence is not fixed. And what's interesting about this, and they did studies of both like school children and then also like Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 CEOs. And, and they found that with the school children, if they were of the belief that they had a fixed mindset versus let's say you compared it to another set of, of children that were then actually taught that they, the mind was malleable, that you can develop intelligence, that you can develop capabilities. The ones that the school children with the growth mindset performed better in school, they had, they received better grades, and then they followed them throughout their life. And they actually became more, more successful as a result. And these, these were kids that were all from the same school district, like oh, they, they had similar backgrounds, you know, similar upbringing, all these different things. They viewed the world two different ways. That was it. Yeah. And you know, the ability, and, and you see it, right, in, in talking with children or, talk, you know, or the way that some business leaders, law firm owners talk about themselves or talk with the children is, you know, you are smart or you did something smart, right? And it's just it's that, that, that very subtle but hugely important difference. You know, you are successful or you did something that led to your success. One is something you can change. The other one, you either are or you aren't, right? So what I want to do here, Michael, we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsors because they like to be heard from. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to ask you to then talk about, because I think it's <laughs> we've made it pretty clear what, which, which mindset we think will lead better to law firm growth. So there's no, no subtlety there. But I want to talk about like really the time that we're facing right now. We're, uh, when we're recording this, we're still in the early stages of, of lockdown and COVID-19. And, and the, you know, all law firms have gone, or most law firm owners have gone home and taken their teams remote. And some law firms are failing and some law firms are succeeding. So I want to talk about how each mindset can play into this new world when we get back. Now more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things for your firm. Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Use rebate code UNBILLABLE to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. And welcome back. I'm speaking today with Michael Mogill. He's the founder and CEO of Crisp Video Group. We've been talking about growth versus fixed mindset and the difference between that. And I, I told Michael that we would now kind of apply that to these, you know, the times they are a changing and they're changing fast. So Michael, I don't think it's a surprise that the, you think that the growth mindset would be best suited to this time for law firm owners, but how, like what does a growth mindset do to enable law firm owners to see opportunity and seize this time as an opportunity rather than a reason to die. Yeah, you know, so this is this is one of those things where it's interesting to see how business owners are responding, you know, yeah. quite differently to very similar circumstances. So meaning you see people in in exact same industry in the same exact situation and one has one perspective, another has another perspective, both being dealt the same hand. And what what I can tell you is like for one, I think the the paralysis fear victim that you know that type of mindset I just Again, if nothing else, is not very productive. So, you know, the important aspect of, of anything, I think, if you're going through any period of adversity, any period of change, you know, it does start with accepting realities. So, you have to accept what you can't control, 
But at that point, once you've accepted those things, you can really start to focus on what you can control. So the, the person with the growth mindset is not necessarily the delusional person, but in, in many cases is, is oftentimes the the optimistic one. So it rather than, and they've actually even done studies, between growth and fixed mindset, your growth mindset people, those are the ones that tend to be more resilient and adaptable in the face of change. So, and, and I think adaptable is really the key word here because change is, is really an integral part of life. And in periods like this, and, and this is particularly for business owners, you know, if you, if, you take, if you take a step back from this, I believe that the reason why someone chooses to become an entrepreneur, if, if that even, even is a choice, but it is essentially because they want to place a bet upon themselves that they, you know, you look up entrepreneur in the dictionary, there's always, you know, the word risk that comes up and whether it's, you know, you know the, the role of an entrepreneur is, you know, moving resources from a point of lower output to, to that of higher output. The reality is that entrepreneurs should be no strangers to, to barriers, adversities, to challenges, all these different things. And this is just another one, but it also represents opportunities for growth-minded entrepreneurs that see the, the fact that, okay, the playing field has very much been leveled. And if you're able to be creative and innovative and focus on what you can do as this passes, which, you know, as, as all things do pass, you can come out stronger on the other side. It also has to do with how you spend your time now. So in, right. instead of looking at, okay, like, yeah, it's, it's almost, I wouldn't say funny because that would be an insensitive thing to say right now, but it's interesting the amount of times I hear on a daily basis, and we're, and we're doing this during a time where, where COVID-19 is quite prevalent, that I'm hearing from another business owner, man, we're dealing with COVID-19. And I hear that and I think, well, well so is every business in America. I mean, even, even Zoom, Zoom that does the, the conferencing, they are experiencing a severe period of stress because they made, you know, if you look at the CEO, you believe they may not have made the right decision with this, but they opened up their platform. What was usually a business platform, they opened it up for non-business users, educational institutions, all those things for free. So right. Zoom has, they basically went from 10 million paid users to 200 million users, but 190 million of those are not paid. They're free users and they may not ever convert to paying users, but because of the load that that's placed on their server infrastructure, it has been frantic for them. So even Zoom, who people are like, okay, if there's one company that's doing well right now, they are even stressed out during this period of time. So I think that this is an opportunity for not only true leaders to step up, but also those that have a growth mindset. You can look at this and say, wow, okay, now that we're in this type of situation, this is where you see a lot of shifts in the marketplace. This is where like challengers rise up. And this is where, you know, if you look back, because I'm a bit of like a student of history, you look back on like previous recessions and depressions yep. and things yep. like that. And you see, okay, the ones that basically bury their head in the sand, they may survive, but they basically come out very fragmented. You know, they laid off 75% of their team. They cut all their marketing. They, they just basically cut ties everywhere out of sheer preservation. But then there's the other type of entrepreneur that doubles down during this time, uses an opportunity to improve the relationship they have with their clients, to make an impact on their community, to double down on their investment in marketing. All of the great leaps that you really see during periods like this happen for the businesses that double down as opposed to really kind of hiding out in, you know, in an underground bunker. So I think for the ones with a growth mindset, this is actually a very exciting time because you can make much better leaps. It's, you know, it's, just, it's just like the stock market, if you look at it. I mean, it's, it is a much better time to buy stocks when stocks are on sale. You know? yeah. So meaning like when the market is down, that's probably a much better time to, to invest in stocks than when, it's, you know, when you're not experiencing a period like this. And it's the same thing when you're looking at it from, you know, from a business and strategic standpoint. Invest in your business, invest in your client base, like you said, you know, get, improve your relationships with your clients, while a good percentage of your colleagues or competition, however you want to call it, are sticking their heads in the sand. It's like buying stocks on sale. It's actually growing the goodwill and the dedication to your business in a time when 
others aren't um, and you're able to stand out easier. Absolutely. And I think it also growth mindset oftentimes aligns with the, you know, I've, I've never thought about it quite like this, but perhaps this is there. It's also the, the confidence that you have in your own ability. So believing sure. that, yes, I'm going to figure this out, right? I may not know how to now. I mean, this is new, but I'm going to figure it out because, you know, we've got big plans for the future. You've got a clear vision of where you want to go. And that hopefully that vision doesn't change in the face of adversity. So, you know, if you remain committed to that, then you're going to continue to do the things that are necessary to improve your, your organization, your team, to support your family. And again, like when you look at it from the standpoint of, well, okay, if I'm going to pull back on everything, I just don't know how you ever become a great organization and a great business. If you're doing the types of things that are really fear-based decisions, panic-based decisions that don't really have long-term growth potential, you may come out of it, you know, you'll survive. If you look at it from the standpoint of, oh, what do I do to just not go out of business? I think you could do a lot of things to not go out of business, but then I, you know, question: Are you are you in, in business for the right reasons? Yeah, <laughs> you're there yeah. just if you're there just to not go out of business. But I would I would almost argue like, well, I think businesses were built to grow, and and true entrepreneurs are always looking at, well, where can we innovate? Where can we add value? How do we make you know, move things forward? All those different things. So this is a time where we see a lot of businesses, a lot of business leaders, teams, team members exposed. You see people for really who they are based upon how they respond in periods of adversity. You know, the prosperity is easy, right? I mean, you, right. you know, who, who doesn't love prosperity? But when times get tough, now you can see, okay, what does somebody really think about their team? What do they really think about their clients? You know, where are their motivations lie? So from that standpoint, I think it's a very, very good thing because it always, it also highlights the great leaders. Okay. And yeah. And, and so like one of the things you said is that, you know, some, there'll be some listeners here who are kind of fixed mindset and might be rolling their eyes, but you know, let's, let's face it. Some people who are owners of law firms, like you said, people who decided to be an entrepreneur. Well, you know what? In law school, when they say you could hang a shingle, they don't say because that makes you an entrepreneur. Like that is just not part of the discussion. So some, some people may be listening and hearing these description of fixed mindset versus growth mindset and realizing that they operate more or less of the time from a fixed mindset. In reading what you've read and, and understanding this uh, this topic, what can they do? How can someone who's a, you know who who's had the instinct right now to hunker down, to ride this out, to survive, how can they tap into their growth mindset even though they feel like they they may be in more of a fixed mindset? Yeah, so I think especially in times like this where where you have a lot of uncertainty about the future. I mean, it's you know, obviously it's it's very unpredictable where you know where how things will be tomorrow or next week or next month and beyond that. Yeah, it, it's always important to look backwards and to reinforce confidence. I think at the root of everything, one of the things that always needs to be protected is you know as an entrepreneur's or a leader's confidence. And if you look back at the progress that you have made, the things that you have achieved, the things you have done, you you likely accomplished a lot of. Uh, you've you've been through a number of different types of adversities. So using that as strength to to weather future adversities, I think that's really where it starts. The other thing is really looking at okay, well, what can we do? Because you can use this time very productively. So whatever the situation, is. let's say let's say signing up new clients isn't even an option. Like if for some reason that's not an option, well, what can you do? Well, I mean, this is a great opportunity to improve your business. All the things that we would hear from entrepreneurs, like there's really two main things you hear all the time. One is you don't have time to basically audit processes, audit intake, improve workflows, all these different things. And then the other thing that you'd hear is that, 
uh, it's so difficult to find good people out there, right? The job right. market is you know, right. That's been that's been the story for the past five years, right? But ironically, like those are the two things right now. Like I don't, I think not having enough time is is no longer an excuse. If you're saying that, then I think it's more of a question of discipline. And then the other thing is you're looking at right now the, with the highest unemployment rate in, in you know decades. You're about to see the most bountiful job market. So from a standpoint of growth, you really couldn't ask for a better situation and more opportunity. But again, like it, this is one of those things where if you're hearing this and you're and you're rolling your eyes, I do want to provide some context in the sense that even my background, like I, this is, I, I was not always this way. So my family and I, we immigrated here to the U.S., came here with five hundred dollars to our name, and ironically, I started the business with the same amount. But <laughs> you look back like ten plus years, and I look at what my life was, and and, and at the time, like I, I was nervous my friends would even invite me out to dinner. Because I didn't have enough money to my name to even like if they if we went to an expensive restaurant, man, I'd be in trouble, right? Right. Like all all these different things. Like you're you're struggling financially, you're going through this stuff, you don't have clarity, you don't really know what you're doing. That I've been there and I know that. But if you see that success is possible and you've seen that a success is possible for others, why not have the the outlook of, well, okay, well, somebody else can do it. What why can why can't I do it? And and it really just starts by looking at well, what are the decisions that they're making? What are the processes that they're employing? You know, what are the what are the daily habits there that they're utilizing? Because it, it's it is very, very true. And when you can make that transformation, because I think you have to build that confidence first. The idea is that if you've never experienced something before and your and your goal is to achieve, let's say, something that you're you're trying to go somewhere you've never been, which is kind of the nature of leadership. But if you've never done that before, well, how on earth would you ever have the confidence to, to get there? And a lot of this really starts with first having courage. So you've got to just take that leap at some point. And then by doing so, you'll gain those capabilities. So the growth mindset, you now look at from the standpoint, well, okay, I don't know how to do this yet, but here's where I want to go. So we have to learn these skills. Or you know, let's say you hire somebody that has these skills or capabilities, whatever is necessary to bridge that gap. And then once you've achieved whatever that goal is, now you've gained the confidence to set up a bigger goal. So one of the big things that helps, especially during periods of adversity, is simply taking action, is simply doing yes. something. Because yes. if you can stay busy and if you can do make your business a little bit better, even 1% better every day, those things add up. Like you don't have to become the multi-million dollar business tomorrow because it takes time. And I think anyone who says it, it doesn't, I mean, it's just not being very honest, but you can make progress. And once you get out of that fear paralysis mode and say, okay, well, you know what? I've always wanted to write a book. I have a lot of time, you know, a lot of free time to do it. Maybe now is the time to write a book and become the, you know, the credible ex expert in your area of practice. Or maybe it's the time to, you know, start a podcast interviewing experts in your industry on, you know, what they're doing to survive right now. You know, all these different things. So there, there are a lot of opportunities. I think you just have to seek them out. And then the other thing I would add to this that I also feel is very important is where you're getting your information and who you're surrounding yourself with. Because I find that the ones that, you know, the, the leaders that are the most paralyzed, the ones that are the most freaked out. They're, you know, they're spending a lot of time watching the news. Yes. They're surrounding themselves with other leaders who are also like basically of a fixed mindset that are also telling them all the things that they can't do, what's not possible. And if you just change that circle, if you surround yourself with people that are talking about, well, here are the things that we are doing. Here's how we've been improving our business. The conversation changes and oftentimes the mindset changes too. Yeah, I think that's that's a super important point. All right, we're going to take a break here, and when we come back, Michael, what I want to I want to pivot a little bit because you've touched on this a couple of times. I want to kind of go deeper into this area. Is you know you talked about that it's just going to be a great job market, um, and that investing in your team to get them into a growth mindset is really important. So when we come back, I want to talk about training and developing your team as an important aspect of growth of your business. But first, we'll hear a word from our sponsors. 
As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7-365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. Back with Michael Mogill. He's the founder and CEO of Crisp Video Group here on the Unbillable Hour. We're talking about mindset. We're talking about growth. We're talking about taking action during times when it seems like uh, the future is very unclear um, as it is at this moment. So, Michael, I said when we came back, I wanted to kind of pivot this talk into how to relate that to how you acquire and develop the people. You, you, you also were talking to the people around you, but I'm talking about your team. How does this play into how you work with the people that work in your law firm, for your law firm, and around your law firm? How do we train and develop them to be part of this growth mindset for the business? One of the things that I've always felt that is among the best things that you can do for a team is to be the type of leader that is an inspirational example for them. So the, the, that models the types of behaviors that you want to have in, in your organization. So, I mean, this really starts with leading by example. You know, at times where you're dealing with a lot of adversity, know that calm is contagious. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a quote, I think, by Andy Stanley. He says something along the lines of, of faith often deteriorates as circumstances deteriorate. And you've got to be the one that's like, you want to be transparent, I think, especially during times like this, because people can detect if it's, you know, it's inauthentic, you're saying everything's yeah. fine. And then, you know, the next day you're laying off half the team. Don't pay attention to that fire behind me, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you've got to put on your own oxygen mask first. So it, again, it, it comes back to calm. You have to think whatever you're going through during periods of adversity and uncertainty, it, your team is also going through it as well. So if, they're looking for, for clarity. They're looking for someone to be a source of confidence for them and to be able to provide direction. And even if you don't have all the answers, because I've, I've gotten in, in meetings with the team and they're like, well, uh, they'll ask me a question about COVID-19 and I'm literally the least qualified person to answer a question like that. I, you know, I, I don't work at the CDC. So if anything I'd, I would say probably not be very scientific or backed by, um, <laughs> backed by science. But the fact that they're asking those questions implies that they're, that they're looking to you as a leader for clarity and direction. So you know, from that standpoint, this is a great time to invest in your team. So one of the highest returns that we've seen just year over year has been in, in team training and development, meaning that you know, we all invest in, you know, I don't know if we all invest, but, you know, we know as leaders, when you go to various seminars, when you're reading various books, when you're a part of various, you know, coaching programs, things like that, that you become a better leader for your organization. But imagine that you can also empower your team in the same way that you've empowered yourself. So if you can make everything that, you know, your team members better, think about the amount of scale and leverage that there is there. And that's where you see such a, such a high return. Team members, of course, also you know appreciate any investment that you make in them, particularly in developing their capabilities and their skill sets and so on. So with us, it starts by, and we went the distance, and we actually have a full time like dedicated trainer, like a team trainer in house. Right. So her sole responsibility is team training and development. So we we have like full curriculum in the same way you see in uh, in the legal system where you have CLEs at Crisp, we call them CCEs, Crisp Continuing Education, and team members <laughs> have great. like basically requirements of how many they have to pick up each quarter. And these are things where we've assigned certain online courses, book clubs, you know, specific to whatever department that they're in. 
Also, you know, previously when we were actually leaving the house and going to conferences, those can be approved for uh, basically CCEs. So finding things where, if, if, you know, if nothing else, if you give your team a certain budget, you know, or a team member a certain budget to invest in training and development, but just ways to encourage a culture of learning and growth. And this only works well, from my experience, if you're also doing it yourself, if you're providing for, that for yourself, right? Correct. Correct. So if you're the one who's sharing the articles, if you're the one who's, let's say, maybe even leading the book club, if you know, you're coming to them and you're speaking from a point of innovation, because if you don't care and you somehow expect the other people around you to be to be vested in care, I have yet to see that ever in any business. So <laughs> it, it's always the engagement yeah. is always going to stem from the, you know, from the leadership. So just know that during this time and really during any period of adversity, ironically, teams can grow closer together because you're all, you're, you're unified by, you know, common adversity. By the common so everybody's, enemy, yeah. yeah, everyone's dealing with it. So use that as an opportunity to strengthen the bonds of your team and your culture. And especially if you're in a situation where you weren't a remote business prior, but now everybody's working from home, you know, you get into accountability, trust issues, those types of things. And I promise you that if you have an aligned team and you have a strong culture, the trust stuff, that, that isn't as much of a barrier. But if the team previously was not aligned, then of course you're going to have many challenges with accountability. Sure, sure. So, and I think it's like really uh, you know, awesome how you describe that you have a dedicated trainer and this whole CCE concept, which I, I think is fantastic. Do you like have a minimum number of hours people have to get 12 hours like a, like a lawyer or per year? Yes. Well, so we, we, uh, we do have a minimum. We require at least 20 a quarter. 20 a quarter. Wow, that's awesome. So this was such an integral part of our business. So we believe in so much in terms of, so one of our core values is better than yesterday. And the idea is that you should always be learning and growing. You should always be a student. And the fact that it's a core value means that we also made this training and development mandatory. It's not an optional thing. Like if you want to exist at our company and let's say you don't want to do the courses, you know, which, which again are specific to each department. Anyone's welcome to take any course, of course, but if they are, let's say a project manager, there's trainings on project management. If they're on the marketing team, there's marketing trainings. If they're on the creative team, there's things around cinematography and editing, all those different things. But if that's not something that you know, you're into, and which would mean by nature that you're not interested in, in learning and growing and developing, then that just doesn't align with our culture. So the team has actually taken up uh, to it quite well. And we've seen a very positive response also from the fact that I mean, they're getting better. This is actually empowering them. It's allowing them to be more successful in their roles. And, and by nature, they're more fulfilled and they also financially are doing better. Absolutely. And and so let me take this uh, just one step for the listeners who might not have, what did you say, 70 employees yet? Yes. Who uh, you know might not have a dedicated trainer. What, what would you recommend like for a smaller law firm who doesn't really feel like they've been investing yet that much into their team and their growth of their team, what's a great way for them to get started? You know, the simplest way is, is really, I mean, as simple as it sounds is with like a team book club. You know, if, if you find a great book that you can all read together. So, I mean, there's there numerous out there. I mean, we, I believe when we first started our first book club, we read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willick. Even throughout, we, we actually read Grit by Angela Duckworth, nice, Mindset yeah. by Carol Dweck. It's like, if you want to foster growth mindset, you know, consider reading the book Mindset, <laughs> doing that yes. as, a, as a book club. And, and I say that, it, so book clubs work well when there's also accountability. So one of the things that we always did was that, you know, whatever chapters we would, we would be reading for the upcoming week, we'd also submit in advance, almost like uh, the takeaways from the various chapters we had, like we thought, you know, almost like thought provoking discussion questions. And then each week we'd meet up for an hour and just discuss it and the things that we'd learned, you know, as simple as it is, I think, yes, you could really start with a book club. Now there's also a lot of online resources and a lot of online trainings. I think masterclass has a lot of like online curriculum on just various topics. So there's a lot of great content out there that you can utilize, but I would also encourage you 
to you know, you know, invite your team members to find courses that they are interested in and then you know, yeah. provide a, a certain budget that you'll say, okay, I'll reimburse up to this amount. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fantastic idea. And I've even seen people say, and bring it back. Like, you know, so go, we'll reimburse you. But one of the things you need to do is then come back and share your learnings with the rest of the team. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I think if you have, you know, training and development without accountability is really entertainment, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So from that standpoint, yes. I mean, with, with anything like that that we do, we, we've got to have like clear action items. What Not only what, what are the things that you learned, but how are you going to be able to now utilize that uh, in, in the role that you're in? So things like that are, I mean, again, they're invaluable. The, the only, I think, hesitation that sometimes comes up with business leaders is that, you know, if I invest all this money in, in my team and then I'm basically training my competition, if they, what if they leave, all that type of stuff. And, you know, my answer to this is always quite simple in the sense that, well, if you don't, you know, invest in the training and developing your team, what, what happens if they stay, right? Right. Yeah, that's, that's my, one of my favorite juxtapositions. We're coming up towards the end of the show here, Michael. What I wanted to ask you is uh, we've talked about so much and so many great books. We talked about Rocket Fuel by Wickman and Winters, Mindset by uh, Dweck and a couple others. Do you have any, before we close out, do you have any resources that our listeners can get more information about what we've been talking about from you or, or that you recommend they go to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so there's there's a book that I wrote. It's called The Game Changing Attorney. Ironically, it was about how to compete in uh, very saturated competitive markets during difficult times. So you can go to gamechangingattorney.com. The book is also on, uh, on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and, and Audible. And then ironically, we, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but we, we launched a podcast by the same name. Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> and it's also called the Game Changing Attorney, but same website. So we, we basically you know, are interviewing market leaders in the legal industry and, and even outside of it. So again, it, I think listening to podcasts like this one, consuming information where people are talking about what is possible, what you can do, when you put yourself in that type of environment, you know, the, the whole conversation changes. And the final thing that I would add to all this, and this was a big thing for me and how I started making decisions during this time, because it's not easy. I mean, we made a commitment to our team that when, you know, COVID-19 hit, we weren't going to lay anybody off. And I didn't do that out of nobility. I didn't do that out of, you know, PR. So someone would, would love me or thank me. I, I did it because I felt it was the right thing to do. But it all stemmed from the question of how do I want to be remembered when this is over? And that's something that I, I think if, if you haven't asked yourself, I certainly encourage you to because, you know, this will pass. And don't forget, the, you know, the world that you want to come back to when this is over. So, you know, if, if, if some of that can actually dictate the decision making that you're making now. I think that's a wonderful point. Thank you, Michael. That wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, uh, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. My guest today, again, has been Michael Mogill. He's the founder and CEO of Crisp Video Group. Michael, th this show is always too short, and this one in particular, just uh, I feel like you and I could have done this for another three hours. But if people do want to learn more, you gave some excellent resources. But if they want to contact you, let's learn more about you or, or get ask you specific questions. What's a great way for them to reach you? Yeah. So I, interesting enough, I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea, but I've, I've started giving out my uh, phone number. So you can always text me. You can shoot me a text, 404-531-7691. And the team was like, hey, we got to make you more accessible. And I was like, all right, let's just give out the number. And it's worked well so far. So that, that would might be the, the best way to do it right now. Fantastic. Well, thank you. That's a great suggestion. And of course, you also gave the uh, gamechangingattorney.com uh, uh, website so people can go there. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. And of course, this is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you all next month uh, with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you or at least listen to you again soon. Mm -hmm.
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.